Hey everyone, just wanted to hop on here real quick and let you all know of a great event that I'm going to be a part of, as well as many previous guests on this show. So on Sunday, May 29th, I will be participating in the WAP Stripathon. And if you're thinking wet ass pussy, yes and no, um, it's going to be a charity stripathon happening at the legendary Penthouse Strip Club and will be benefiting the Wish Drop In Center, which is a nonprofit organization based in Vancouver that benefits street-based sex trade workers. Tickets are $20 or $30 at the door and all proceeds, including stage tips, cover charges, all that. Everything is going to charity. We hope this event will sell out, so we hope to see you there. So for more information, follow us on Instagram at stripathon2022. podcast for strippers sex workers and all the fancy naked people in between i am your host steph sia i am the host of the show i have been doing this for i guess a few two and a half years three i don't know where are we two and a half years or so and we're on our fourth season which is like really really exciting to me and i'm doing this show because i think it's really important to tell the real experiences and the real stories of sex workers not just crap that you hear from media and society and all that jumbled up stuff that you know isn't a really accurate depiction so i like to get people's real voices and have them come on the show because i think it's important to tell things accurately and also all my guests are really fucking cool and interesting so yeah that's kind of why i've been doing it for so long i haven't taken a break yet so that's just a little bit me and the show it's um pretty much all in order to help destigmatize sex work because as you may or may not have known especially if you're new here and you're not even in this industry you're probably like what is a sex worker and what do you mean their work is stigmatized even as silly as that sounds it really is so i think i'm just doing my best in terms of trying to tackle the big beast here so that's just a little bit about me i'm also a sex worker myself so i am a stripper i'm also a content creator as well and i was also a former sugar baby many many years ago (laughs) and i love to talk about the experience listen to those on my ama episodes because this episode is not about me. This episode is all about our guest today. And I'm so excited to have brought her on because basically I had um, a fan, I guess, a fan of Amber's. We are interviewing Amber Stark, by the way. Um, <laughs> a fan of Amber's. Uh, shout out to Silvio Evangelisto, all the way from Brazil, who emailed me on my personal website, filled in the form, which is what everyone should do, fill in the form, and then was like, hey, is there any way you can get Amber Stark on the show? She's brand new in the industry, and she's redhead, and she's a painter, and she's wonderful, and I would love to like get to know her more. So um, yeah, this episode, Sylvia, this is all for you. I did my best in terms of reaching out to Amber, and then also like your manager, and I was like, hey, um, I run this show and we would love to have Amber on the show today. So, and now you are here. So (laughs) Amber Stark, say hello to the audience. Hi everybody. (laughs) I am thrilled to be here. 
We are super stoked to have you. And like, just, I'm also absolutely thrilled to have you as well. Just because we're going to be talking about some really cool things in terms of like, what Amber is studying, what she's doing right now, the type of content she loves to create. And of course, we'll be talking about some serious topics because, you know, if you have been a longtime listener of the show, we it's not just service level conversation. It's really going to the nitty gritty and also having some deep conversations, which I think are really, really important um, within the community. And we'll be talking about uh, bisexuality because Amber is bi and also talking about some pitfalls that come with even within the queer community in terms of uh, bi erasure and also like anti-bi movement or biphobia. So we're going to be talking tackling a little bit of that today so a little warning here trigger warning if that is a trigger for you feel free to skip this episode I'm not going to be offended nor is Amber going to be offended but if you want to listen in and if you don't know what those terms are um, it's all still kind of new to me as well I've heard of that before but I wanted to hear it straight from the source too because Amber has some stories to share with us today but yeah she certainly does but let's kind of go into everything in terms of like what I think I know of you (laughs) from the really brief research aka stalking that I've been doing online for you past little bit (laughs) not not in a creepy way (laughs) no please stalk me I don't I'm not I never ever I don't care (laughs) (laughs) well what I do know from you is that you are a content creator um your fan Silvio also mentioned you were a painter I know that you're studying or uh, currently, you're studying forensic psychology. You have a wonderful dog that you were walking just a few minutes ago. Um, yeah. And of course, yeah, you're a sex worker as well. So um, where do you want to go with this? Like, how do you want to define yourself? If you want to start there. If you want to start at the very beginning, I'm going to flip it over to you. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I can always just start from the very beginning. If anyone wants to, like, is anyone interested in that? Everyone's always um, interested, by the way. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, I grew up in, like, a very small town right next to Ohio State. Um, and then I moved to Arizona to study. And now I'm here. And I am just living my best life right now, honestly. Um, awesome. I like to hear way better than I wherever I grew up. Mm-hmm. So I like it here a lot. And then I started doing OnlyFans out here, like, I think my freshman year of college. Wow. Um, yeah. And I really, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I didn't expect to at first. Oh, okay. But yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. So that's kind of how I started doing sex work. Okay. Uh, I started doing OnlyFans. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people's entries too, especially if you're kind of brand new to the adult industry too. Like, how did this come up for you? Like, was there a particular need? Was it a curiosity? Like, hey, everyone's doing OnlyFans. It sounds kind of cool. Like, I want to give it a try. Or like, how did you end up there? Um, it was a little bit of both. It was more just like, well, I mean, extra money is never bad. And I was kind of interested in it. And to be honest, before even like doing porn, I'd only had like four or five partners total. So mm-hmm. it was like, well, uh, some experience can't hurt. So uh, I started doing OnlyFans and I was not super popular, but I really did enjoy what I did. Mm-hmm. So it was it made it totally worth it. Yeah. And you also mentioned like you had some hesitancies as well in terms of like when you first started, like, can you share what those were or why, where those came from, those feelings came from? Uh, it was mo- because I started doing OnlyFans before the pandemic. So mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't even like, you know, they, the only thing they knew about OnlyFans is that Bella Thor did it. Yeah. Really popular off of it. Yes. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
Oh man, don't even get me stuck on that. Uh, but uh, that's really the only thing that people knew, and uh, I kind of was hesitant about it. I had, especially because you have to like pay taxes, and my parents, I had to like tell my parents what I did. Oh and, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, because my dad is like an accountant, and he's oh. like, "Well, I'm gonna do your taxes for you." I was like, "Okay." Oh my well, god. Fun fact. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> It was so, it was actually, it's kind of funny now looking back, but I was like so nervous. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, wait. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm already dying. Okay. So is that how you like came, like quote unquote, came out to your parents and, as a sex worker? Yeah, actually. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, I can't hide it anymore. So oh, I told fuck. them and my mom was like, good for you. And I was like, what? You don't care? She's like, as long as you're safe about it, I don't care what you do. And she had the same reaction when I told her I did porn, like, two years later. Like, after my first scene with that video girl, I told her, because I was like, well, I mean, I, sh- I may as well be honest here. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, that's new. Are you being safe? I was like, yeah. She's like, okay. And then, you know, she doesn't, we just can't tell my grandparents what I do for work. And mm-hmm. that annoys her. But other than that, <laughs> my parents, like, are pretty supportive of me, actually. Wow. Like, I was not really expecting at first, but. No, I don't think anyone really expects that. And I, I, I like love hearing stories like this because they're just so rare sometimes. It's like, yeah, it's very heartwarming, <laughs> very heartwarming. Totally. And like, what about your dad's reaction too? like, is that when he told him is when I got to do my taxes? Like, hey, dad. yeah, yeah. My dad kind of had like a more like, uh, are you sure this is a good idea kind of thing? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that my mom talked to him and was like, well, you know, sex work is still just work and, you know, it's something that I'm interested in doing and I like doing. So I kind of, my dad, I think, came around. Wow. That is really, really cool. You have such cool progressive parents. Yeah, they're pretty fantastic, actually. That's awesome. Like, have they ever, like, asked you any questions, more, like, personal questions in terms of the work or it's just, like, more on the outside, more from a caring aspect of, like, are you safe? Are you sure you want to do this? Is that yeah, where it it's starts more like ends? that. My parents didn't really get super um, nosy about it. Although mm-hmm. at one point when I came home for Christmas, I left some like a naughty Mrs. Claus outfit for my OnlyFans. <laughs> like I accidentally left it in the living room because I was taking pictures with the Christmas tree, <laughs> and my mom found it the next morning. Was like, um, you left some of your OnlyFans stuff downstairs. And I woke up this morning and saw it. I was like, oh shit! I am so sorry, mom. <laughs> I love that. She just found it funny and was like, do you want any advice for your OnlyFans? I was like, what advice do you have? He's like, well, I mean, men like this and this and this. I was like, mom, please. Fine. You don't need to give me tips for OnlyFans. I love how your mom was like pitching in. She's like, this might work. And you're like, please. I got this. She she was like, for Thanksgiving, you could do like a naughty pilgrim. I was like, mom, I am not doing that. That's weird, first of all. (laughs) And second of all, uh, I don't want your advice, honestly. I would rather you just be my mom right now. Yeah, right? (laughs) I mean, that's that's, that's kind of funny and like kind of cool, but also like, Mm, borderline crossing boundaries. Yeah, I was like, no. And she hasn't known said, so at least she's respected that. Uh, but uh, at first it was just kind of funny. I was like, well, uh, thanks for the advice, but I'm okay. <laughs> That's really, really great to hear. Like, are, do any other, other family members know or like close friends know as well? Or like... My roommate definitely knows. Mm-hmm. He absolutely knows. Every time I have to like make content in my room, I shut the door and I'm like, do not make noise. Do not moan or scream and he's been good about that now but he used to like do that when I was trying to record stuff for my OnlyFans I was like hey, just stop it. 
That um, is annoying. And my sister knows too, and she's pretty great also. That's awesome. I, it's so nice to hear like these great, great pillars of support because then, you know, sometimes people just don't have that and like it can make sex yeah. work very, very isolating, very lonely. So it's great that you have people that you can speak with and especially like your immediate family and yeah. friends. Like that's awesome to hear. I love that. Yeah, it is. They're great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we'll definitely get more into um, the porn talk in a little bit too, but I also wanted to talk, and I also, I also know that you want to talk because it's not, whenever I do episodes, it's not just about what I want to hear about. I also want to like incorporate what the guest wants to speak about as well. And I know that you're yeah. also studying forensic psychology as well. Yeah. Tell us about that and where you want to go with that. So uh, I didn't even know what forensic psychology was until my AP psych class in high school. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it super briefly, like maybe just one class. But I looked into it on my own, and I got really, really into it. Like, um, I watched a lot of documentaries about, like, serial killers and, like, mm-hmm. all these, and, like white-collar criminals, too. Yes. And I was super interested in, like, the psychology behind crime and why people do the things that they do and why certain people do it and other people don't uh, and the effects it has. So... Uh, I found a program. Uh, it happened to be far away from where I live. Oh, no. But I found a program out here, mm-hmm. and I was accepted. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna. I got all my general ed classes done. I think last year is when I finished it. Yay! So I am finally getting into the meat <laughs> of my degree, which is great. Yes. Um, with my degree, I'd like to be a victim advocate and a criminal filer. So I'd like to actually help people who have been affected by crime rather than just studying why people do it. Like, I'd actually like mm-hmm. to make a difference with it. Oh, I'd love to hear that. That's amazing. So cool. Seriously, that's amazing. Like, as a person that I studied criminology back in the day, um, I yeah. didn't. I did not go into forensics, unfortunately. But I, I end up. I ended up working with for a r- really brief amount of time, working with a forensic consultant. So this yeah. particular employer, um, and this is kind of recent. Not recent. A, few, a couple of years now, but used to work with police. Um, you know, a lot of people do not support the police, which is fine. We're we're going to try to keep politics out of this conversation. But, um, (laughs) he kind of looked at like the way that bullets enter people's bodies in terms of like homicide and figuring out like, okay, getting science to kind of explain what exactly happened. Cause of course with like people lying and people like trying to say like, oh, this didn't happen, but you know, if you study the way, and you study forensics, you, you can actually see, like, with blood splatter, uh, what way yeah. the bullet entered the body, where that's going, and, like, what the real explanation of the crime is. So I find this to be truly fascinating, and I'm so excited for you to embark on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited. I love, I love what I study. I have, like, seven or eight books just on case studies. Like, wow. Uh, from former FBI profilers, I collect them. It's so, I don't know if it's weird or not, but I love reading it. I love reading about it. No, um, that's so cool. If I'm ever reading, it's probably just that. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there any particular reason why you want to go into forensics? Or is it because, you know, a lot of the maybe shows that you've seen before or just general interest in this type of program? Or like wanting to help people? No, it's or? not only because of the shows. I found that there are not very many like accurate criminal justice shows out there mm-hmm. like i don't think criminal i love criminal minds but i don't think it's like accurate at all. no no <laughs> like, like, what actual like the, what the fbi actually does um 
And I don't know, I've always just been super interested in like uh, the victim's perspective because they never really talk about it. They just say, here's what happened to her and they move on. Yeah. And I've kind of been like, well, why did they do that? Because they need like a lot more help than they're getting. Yeah. Especially like now, I there's like no support for victims in the system. Sorry, there's things happening outside my apartment right that's now. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, that's kind of why I wanted to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Although going back to forensics, I did take a forensics lab, and that's how I met my roommate, uh, who also happens to be one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably the, one of the most fun classes I've ever taken. Like forensic is so fun. Yeah. If, if there was no psychology, that's what I would do. Gotcha. Well, what's like the fun part about it? Like if you were, because I know that obviously maybe it's like not a lot of people that are in forensics listening to the show, but like in case people yeah. are studying right now, like what what's the appeal for you? For me personally, I really just like the uh, the studying, like getting really deep in someone's uh, personal, like psychological profile. Mm-hmm. I love uh, knowing what makes somebody tick and like why they do things and how it affects people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just super interesting to study. And I like categorizing like different like criminals and things like that and putting them into like here are their traits and here are somebody else's traits and that's kind of what behavioral profiling is on a very basic level anyway yeah very simplistic but yes (laughs) yeah my brain just likes it it like scratches an itch in me (laughs) I love that because I can I can really hear like the passion in your voice when you're speaking about this too it's like Ner- nerd level which like i i understand where you're coming from too because i was like oh my god this reminds me yeah. of back in my undergrad days like <laughs> yeah i'm like oh god i sound like such a nerd but i don't even care <laughs> no i think it's great i think like you know people need to take more pride in like the fact that they're students because i remember like when i was still in my undergrad i just really wanted to be done <laughs> and have it to be yeah. over and now like now I'm like 32 and like looking back and like guest lecturing at my old university and stuff. I'm just like, oh, I miss like when I was a student and I wish like we had classes like this on sex work back in the day. Yeah. But, I'm probably going to miss that too. It's only a matter of time. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I mean, going back to the conversation in terms of like, well, let's, we're going to try to loop um, your role as a student and also like um, your role as an adult content creator. Is there, right. has there been like any way in terms of like, how has the adult industry enabled you to succeed as a student? So that can be anything with like a flexible schedule or just like, you know, getting enough money that you don't have to work a billion hours yeah. at like a retail job, stuff like that. Yeah. I worked retail for a good amount of time mm-hmm. uh, before I started doing porn and I was just miserable. Like my grades dropped. I was always tired because the hours were, we were pretty understaffed. Because um, I made paint for houses, and you know nobody wants to do that. So mm-hmm. I was pretty upset, and I just was tired all the time. And you know, doing porn has helped me not only have like a flexible schedule like that. It's also been like enabled me to get more sleep because you know you're not always doing porn, and the hours are like strict like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also obviously helped me pay off my tuition because yeah. my scholarships are only taking me so far. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely. And like school tuition is hella expensive. And I want to say it's probably even more now than when I was still in school, which was like a decade ago. So yeah, it's pretty rough right now, especially since I'm out of state. It's yeah. like, well, now you get to pay 10000 extra dollars a year because you're out of state. And I'm like, well, shit. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Because then you moved, right? So, oh my God. I yeah. forgot about that. I just, yeah. The program is great and I don't regret it at all. It's just really pricey. And that's mm-hmm. kind of why, that's one of the reasons I like doing porn. It just really helped me pay off, like, a bunch of my student loans already. 
That's awesome. Yeah, because it's, it's very common for a lot of students to have a huge debt after they graduate. And then I know people well into their 30s that are still paying those student loans off. And yeah. it's, it's like a big sum to carry. And of course, that only increases with interest, too. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I, I'm just like, well, that's important. It's just been really great for that. So I don't, I never, ever regret it. Totally. So. Did you start uh, going to school before you started porn, or is it the other way around, or like when did that? Uh, I like three months after my freshman year of college. That's when I started doing OnlyFans, mm-hmm. and then I started doing porn uh, like six months ago now. So, but there was there was a little bit of a like a, a period of time where I only did OnlyFans for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And if you scroll back far enough on my Twitter, you can see where I'm desperately trying to put myself out there, like. Oh my God! Please just notice me. Just notice me because yeah. there are all these other people out there. So it was, it's very hard to get people's attention when you're just doing only fans. Yeah. Yeah. Like talk about that too, because like a lot of people have struggled with getting their OnlyFans up off the ground, and that is always the hardest part it, with anything with OnlyFans or you're starting a many vids channel or like mm-hmm. even just like starting a new Instagram account after like you've gone and suspended or deleted. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about that. Um, when only there's so much competition now is the thing, and everybody's trying to do it, and that's great. It's just hard to get yourself out there and be like something different and get noticed by people who just happen to be scrolling on Twitter who just are like horny or whatever. So <laughs> you're, just, you're just like desperately like, oh my god, please notice me. And you know sometimes it's hard not to compare yourself to other girls out there. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're like the most confident, secure person in the world your brain is still sometimes mean to you and it's like, oh, well, she's doing way better, so this must mean that she's prettier or whatever. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's stupid, but it's just the way it is sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you with that because, like, everyone has their own hustle and, like, I hate competitiveness within our community and oh, yeah. and just, like, compare, like, comparing yourself with others because, like, we're all different. But then it's so natural for us to go into yeah. that area. Yeah. It's literally just only human. Like, there's nothing wrong with there's no, there's nothing wrong with you if that if you do that. No. It, it sucks and being like overly competitive like to the point where it you know hinders you or other people that's when there's a problem. But you know, just being generally insecure it's it's like a human reaction. Like it's totally normal. For sure, for sure. I forgot, I, like, we haven't even talked about your entry into porn because you're pretty new. Uh, yeah. Welcome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> how did this happen for you? Did someone notice you on your OnlyFans? Or, like, how did you start in the adult industry? So I am, I hope, I don't, I don't think we'll t- okay, if I tell a story. I am booked with HTMLA, mm-hmm. and I think I followed Danny on Twitter like, when I was doing OnlyFans stuff, just out of, like, pure curiosity. Yeah. And, you know, get to know other sex workers mm-hmm. and things like that. But he actually DM'd me, and he was like, are you interested in doing porn? I was like, maybe. So I was like, okay, well, and then I started doing the process because, you know, it's always been kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had no, like, I wasn't against that in any way. And I was like, well, I'll try, like, pretty much almost anything once. So I... Uh, he scouted me, and I did. I went through the process of getting everything together, and then I did my first scene with Net Video Girls, and I ended up really liking it. So, <laughs> and that's kind of how I got started. Um, and you know, it's been just an amazing journey from there. 
Oh my gosh. Well, one, yeah, congratulations. That's huge. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, this man noticed me? This agent, this really cool agent from Los Angeles noticed me? It was so exciting. I was freaking out when he messaged me, but he's, Danny's just such a cool guy, so. Yeah, I messaged him because then I was like, hey, I need to get Amber on the show. Can you help me out? <laughs> Super nice guy. Oh my god, he's just the sweetest man ever. <laughs> Super nice. Shout out, Danny. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we're, we're talking about you, Danny. Great. All good things. Yeah, all good things. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. He's great. That's awesome. So that's really cool, though. He so he reached out to you, and like, what was going on through your head? Obviously, like a slew of like excitement. Like I know like a lot of people that have gotten scouted before were kind of like weary about like, oh, is this a scam? But you already followed him, so you know knew that he was like the real deal. Yeah, and uh there are a lot of girls from Phoenix who do porn, especially with ATMLA, like a shocking amount of people live here. So I kind of uh, you know, if it was like ra- some random guy with no followers and you know, he, if he wasn't, like, followed by these agencies who are verified, I'd probably be like, well, no, that's probably a scam. Mm-hmm. But he is the real deal, and we video chatted a bunch, and um, he assured me that if I ever felt uncomfortable or unsafe, that I could always just opt out and never talk to him again. So, yeah, did know that really also helped settle my nerves. Totally. Yeah, of course, because it is kind of nerve-wracking, too, because, like, had you even considered porn? before this at all or were you just like i'm good with my only fans uh i did consider porn a little bit it was just hard because i was like well what are my parents gonna say but uh, apparently i had nothing to worry about there um <laughs> i was like what are my parents gonna say uh and do i have to use my real name obviously not i mm-hmm. learned that i do not have to do that yes and i don't have to share any information that i don't want to mm-hmm. and i don't have to do anything that i want to which is really nice it's yes. really nice to be in control that way yeah um so I had considered it, but I never, like, took any, like, active steps to yeah. get there until Danny reached out to me. And then that was the point you took it seriously and, like, okay, what, what are the next steps? What happens after this? What, what did happen after that? So <laughs> yeah. what's, like, the, like, what happens after you say yes? Do they book you in for a shoot? Is there, like, a bunch of paperwork that you have to go through? Or oh, yeah. There's a ton work? of paperwork. Uh, there's, and you know, they make sure that you're up for it and they assure you that you can stop anytime that you want, especially with like these companies that work with newer girls exclusively, they're very gentle with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are, and honestly, people in porn are like some of the funniest people I've ever met. Like, um, and they just are super great and super nice. Um, but after my net video girl shoot, I actually did not shoot anything for a while because of school actually. So that's kind of where, you know. Because a lot of companies like to work in the middle of the week. Yeah. But I have classes. So I was like, well, uh, you know, are there any companies that want to work with me on a Saturday Monday? So it's <laughs> kind of hard at first. Yeah, I did want to ask about that too. Like um, when we we're talking about school, like because we talked about like how porn has enabled you to, you know, um, pay off school and you have a great flexible schedule, yeah. get my rest, all that we've established before. But I also want to talk about the challenges if you, when you are a student and doing porn. And this is definitely one of them. Okay, so I think, like, the biggest challenge for, like, doing porn and being a student is just a lot of companies, like I said, they only want to shoot, like, on in the middle of the week. And as a mm-hmm. student, when you have classes in the middle of the week, it can kind of make it difficult, especially since most companies just didn't even know I existed yet. Right. So there was a, a, a pretty long dry spell for me mm-hmm. where I just wasn't filming anything. And it was kind of, like, almost a little disheartening. 
because yeah. I was trying very hard to get work and to be noticed. And, you know, it can be kind of, um, it'll, it can kind of hurt a little bit when you just are trying really hard and nothing's really happening, yeah. no matter what you do. So it just took a long, like a long time, like a couple months before I actually got like some traction. Yeah. Were you at all worried that you're like, okay, I shot this one thing. Is that not going to go anywhere or what's going to happen after this? Like you're just kind of like stuck in limbo. Did you ever feel like that? Yeah, I was a little worried. Yeah. Um, although I, you know, because that one, the first Net Video Girls video I did actually got a couple million views on Pornhub, which was, you know, fucking insane. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was like, well, this has to help me a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it did eventually, because then Wang to VR noticed me, and they are a fantastic, amazing company. And, you know, I finally got off, got on my feet again after that. Yeah, but of course, I'm sure you were like probably a little bit worried too at that point, like just not getting anything. And like, I wonder if like, I don't know if any porn companies or production companies are like this, but like if a person's not available to shoot all the time, like will they like lose interest in that person at some point? Or like, I'm not even sure I how that actually works. So no, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's kind of scary. It is scary. I have no idea. I'm just like, because there are some, most companies that I have some pretty good availability with now, especially since this semester, my classes are actually all online. Oh, so sweet. I'm just like, well, that helps a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but I have no idea. That's a good question. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm no, like, that's okay. I don't, I don't think I can speak on that. No, that's okay. Like, are you flying, are you now like fl- having to fly out to and from Phoenix to LA pretty often now that your schedule's like schedule's a bit more flexible or... Is it all over? I fly sometimes. Usually I drive, though. Usually yeah. I drive to LA. It's because I hate paying for Ubers, and I hate like, mm-hmm. being kind of restricted. And I don't really know anybody out there well enough to like stay with them yet. Yeah. So hotels can be kind of pricey if oh, yeah. you're also flying, like booking like a whole flight like round trip. Mm-hmm. And my car is a Honda Accord, so it's kind of like a tank when it comes to doing long-distance travel like that. Totally. So I just kind of drive and put on like a very long playlist and it gets me through it yeah i mean at least you're within driving distance so and that's i mean yeah. from phoenix to la it's a nice drive too so <laughs> it's not too too bad yeah, it's very pretty honestly I, I i like don't mind doing it the only time i mind doing it is like right after a shoot and i like, drive home like mm-hmm. at like nine o'clock at night and i'm like I just, i'm just so tired so sometimes yeah. i'll book like an extra night if that happens but you know Usually I'm okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I just get an energy drink from a gas station and I'm good to go. <laughs> like the monster that you're drinking now. That huge thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I need caffeine all the time. At least once a day. At least once a day. There we go. I mean, <laughs> well, one, you're a student. One, you're working in porn, which has some very, very long hours as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to speak about that? Um, it really just depends on the shoot. Like, if you're just doing, like, a boy-girl type, and mm-hmm. if there's not, like, a whole lot of dialogue, you can be in and out, like, four or five hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's, like, a whole lot of dialogue and camera, like, you don't know, but it takes, like, three hours just to shoot, like, the dialogue of porn, and, and just oh. for, like, a five-minute clip, and it's insane. Oh, like, my God. I did not expect there to be, like, a movie-like feel to this, you know? <laughs> and VR scenes take a lot, really long time. Oh. But, you know, I don't mind it because usually after, like, those types of scenes, I give myself at least, like, one or two days off. Yeah. So that's why I like doing porn is because you can kind of also control your schedule in a way that you can't really with other jobs. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, you need to have like a good amount of flexibility for this line of work, but also the flexibility on our end as well, so we can actually rest and relax and enjoy. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you, have to. You don't want to burn out, especially like doing like sex work. Like, and if yeah. your performance is like very clearly like if you're tired as hell in a shoot, it's gonna kind of show. Mm-hmm. So, how you do you want to take care of yourself? How do you prevent burnout for yourself? Like I said, I just give myself a couple of days off at least in Good. between shoots. Um, especially like uh, right now, I actually don't have anything planned for the month of May, like at all. I'm leaving the entire month like completely free. Wow. Because not only is my sister graduating from high school, so I'm going to fly back for like three weeks. Oh. Um, so like, good for her. But I am also just, you know, you don't want to burn out at all and you want to take care of your like body physically as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because doing, like, some of the, those positions for porn, like, I'm less like, I need a chiropractor. <laughs> there are certain <laughs> things my body does not like. It's like, oh, God, don't bend this way, please. Yeah, like, the next day, your neck is, like, so stiff. You're like, I can't yeah. turn my neck. I could probably crack my neck right now if I wanted to. I'm, you know, I'm just, like, always a little tense. But I need to see, like, a chiropractor. A lot of girls in porn see a chiropractor. Oh, yeah. I think I need to get on that train. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> Um, for the type of porn that you shoot, is it a mix of everything, or is it? Or do you I would have to say, say it's a pretty good mix of everything. Yeah, like I don't just do like one type. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good because then sometimes people can be typecast, um, even in porn, yeah. right? And then they're just yeah stuck in that bubble. But yeah, it's kind of, yeah. I don't like limiting myself like that. Mm-hmm. But everybody's different. Totally, totally. Um, well. In terms of having more variety, <laughs> I wanted to kind of shift the conversation over to your sexuality, which is bisexuality. If you wanted to speak a little bit about this, like when did you realize that you were bi? If you can remember. I actually realized it in high school. Oh, <laughs> I realized okay. I was bi in high school because I had like the biggest crush on one of my, like one of my best friends in band. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I like this girl. And it was kind of weird at first. And I was kind of scared. And same with the porn. When I told my parents, they were like, Okay, just be safe, you know. So they did not care that I was bi, which is really great. Yeah, that is super great. That's so nice. Again, like, again, your parents just sound amazing. Yeah, they're pretty great. (laughs) Very supportive. What about, like, your peers? Um, Were they also in support of this as well? Or, like, how were their reactions for when you came out? If you can remember. Um, I can remember my sister because I came out like sophomore year of high school. She was still pretty young at the time. And I told her that. And she was like, does that mean you're going to marry a girl? I was like, Duh, I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. And that's kind of like the only reaction she had. But um, my friends, I grew up in like a kind of more progressive town. Mm-hmm. So I already knew a couple people who were like gay or bi. Um, so I kind I told them and they were like, well, we accept you. And I wasn't like super i didn't really have i didn't really date a lot in high school Mm -hmm. so you know nobody really like bullied me for it or anything we everybody in my high school just kind of left each other alone that's so (laughs) nice what they like to do their own thing wow um i was also in band which is like a whole community that yes inside of school so i was like I was pretty well accepted there, too, which was very nice that is nice because in high school can be such a crazy place like Mm-hmm. Uh, such a cruel cruel place because my best friend growing up was bi actually and she re- realized this in elementary school 
And I remember, oh, wow. yeah, we were just really, really early on and we were best friends, um, still really good friends too to this day. And I remember like when she came out, she came out to me and she's like, well, I kind of like this person. And she's like, and her name has this many letters. And I was just like, and she's this years old. I'm just like, oh, is it this student in my grade? And then she's like, no, you idiots, you. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of adorable. It was really adorable and just, like, really awesome. And just, I was like, well, like, this is amazing and I love you, but in a different way, like, as a friend and stuff. And then yeah. and just strengthen the friendship. It's a hard conversation to have. Yeah, it definitely took, like, her a lot of courage to come out oh. like that. And also, because I witnessed, like, a lot of bullying that she went through um, from her peers um, within elementary and going through high school. And, you know, kids can be so, so cruel and, you know, the girls on the basketball team, because she's on the basketball team, was like, oh, like, didn't want to go in the change room when she was there. And I'm just like, well, Yikes. yeah, just like shitty, clicky, weird things like that. Um, yeah. I, I'm wondering if you wanted to open up, too, in terms of, like, have you experienced any animosity? It sounds like you're pretty accepted. Um, and I know we're going to get into this conversation later, but in terms of, like, even within the, commu- the queer community, um, not gaining acceptance from them it's a huge huge topic that we're gonna dive into detail pretty soon but i'd love to hear your experience and your stories uh, i think the biggest animosity i've ever actually experienced was kind of in the queer community just because if you're bi they are like well why are you dating a girl does that mean you're a lesbian or if you're dating a guy does that mean you're straight now and it's kind of a really really annoying and you know that if you're dating like i have a preference for you know i date more guys than I do women. Um, partially just because I think that girls don't really notice me, but I also, I just date more guys than I do women. And, you know, having a preference is just like, well, you, you're you not really bi then. And I'm like, I can have a preference and still be bi. Like, that doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. And the fact that other people are trying to explain that to you and they're not- And they're like, are you bi? Not- <laughs> no, then sit down. No. Yeah, exactly. Like, who invited you into this conversation? That's really, really frustrating because that's, like, a whole thing, too, in terms of, like, people and the belief that – the belief that people that think that bisexuality is not a real thing, um, which I learned that the term for that is, like, bi-erasure or bi-invisibility. And taking this from – I think I read it online, too, but they were talking about, like – what that means in case anyone's listening, what what does by invisibility mean? Um, it's basically a tendency to ignore, remove, falsify, or re-explain evidence of bisexuality in history, academia, news media, or primary sources. But yeah, I just, I can't believe that this is a thing, that people don't believe it exists. And why is everything has to be in in a duality in terms of like, it's either you're this, you're lesbian, or you're gay. Yeah, right. Like yeah, or no. you're like, are you, are you straight? Like, no. Uh, I don't yeah. like being put in a box, and I really don't like, you know, those restrictions. And I just like being who I am. And I like, I usually when that sort of things happen, it's just like people who I didn't ask for opinions from. So I'm just like, well, mm-hmm. then I don't really care that much. So usually I'm not no. bothered by it, but you know, it's such mm-hmm. a huge prevalent problem, and it does make me like kind of upset at times. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would definitely understand you if you'd be upset about that because people are not validating or people are not believing that this is real, that <laughs> that you are bisexual, yeah. that you don't have to 
conform to any kind of narrative, right? And who who are they? Who are they to say that you are or you aren't something? Yeah, no, I never it's let anyone tell me what what I am or I am not. So definitely one of my Absolutely. biggest principles, just of my, of, you know, of how I define myself. Yeah, like you mentioned that this is more prevalent, like within the queer community itself. Definitely a little like, bit, but maybe that's just like on TikTok, which is not a good space for having actual conversations so it's just like well, oh yeah well you know it just it doesn't really bother me that much and it's like very very feeble i'm like definitely not like a, a place to have that kind of conversation so right what kind of conversations or i guess they're not really conversations <laughs> uh, but like what are what's experience what are you experiencing right now on tiktok um you know more just i it's less of what i'm experiencing and more of just like what i'm seeing like if i see a girl who's just mm-hmm. like i love being bi because i get to have like i get to, i get both and then I'll, I'll see a comment and it's just like something very mean and like you know just invalidating oh. the, you know her sexuality that she said and i'm just like well what the fuck like get out of here honestly like she did yeah. not ask for your opinion just either be nice or leave like i understand yeah i know everyone always has to like share their two cents and even if it's like horrible that's not even like being a productive comment or like contributing no. in any way like, what's the point like, what do you get out of it no and i find that happens a lot on tiktok like yeah. the times that i have been yeah. scrolling through tiktok i'm seeing an eye roll here like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. god get out of here yeah yeah. Do you think there's like a lot of like misinformation that's like being spread on TikTok or like Absolutely. just yeah yeah <laughs> I, like I use it all the time and if you follow me on Instagram sometimes yeah. I like to post my stuff on my story um, but like mm-hmm. I don't I try not to like actually take it seriously because you just can't otherwise you'll go crazy you can and there's like a lot of people that on TikTok that like to spread information I find. Yes. Um, whether it's good or bad, in another eye roll here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like whether or not it's good or bad, like, and even like in terms of like the sex worker community, oh, yeah. there has been a lot oh. of information and glamorization that has come with those conversations. And it's great that it's out in the mainstream media, but then I'm not sure if everything is like, as you said, super accurate. No, I once tried to start like a TikTok like from my stage name and like try to spread promotion for my OnlyFans on there and like you know make just some fun little videos. And the first video I posted was like questions I get asked as like a new porn star, and it's just like questions like uh, do you, does your family support you? What's your stage name? Blah blah blah. And I just got so many like horrible comments like can't get a real job, daddy doesn't love you. So I was like delete account like i couldn't even do it like it was just so terrible i was like why does the algorithm push my videos to all these terrible people like i don't get right it. it's so fucked up like are you seeing that too with like the tiktok content that you consume in terms of like uh within the queer community and within but the bisexuality conversation are you seeing similar things as well i see similar things definitely i don't really post about like being by that often and what i do usually those videos of mine just never like i get like three likes on them maybe so like nobody really notices me uh, when i post those ones but i definitely see it and yeah. it really sucks it does really suck and like have you had any support around this like do you have anyone that you can talk to that you can relate to or like bounce and vent off of because sometimes when you're just alone it's just like i feel like so trapped yeah, no, I definitely have people I can talk to just about, like, 
my sexuality no. and the sex work part like um like my roommate is probably the, be- the person i talk to all the time about these things like i go to him with like every problem it's like here's this and then what do you think about this and vice versa so it's really it's really nice and as my sister's gotten older she, she and i are like best friends so i definitely talk to her like all the time about it that's amazing. Again, like it's just so important to have some kind of support network around there. Of course, if you can, sometimes, yeah, yeah, like sometimes within these situations, whether you're in sex work or whether you're in the queer community, sometimes you don't have access to some of that. It does suck. And it can be, yeah, it does suck indeed. And like, I remember just reading some stats here that I got from the Bisexual Research Center, but I remember reading about, you know, bisexuals face severe health disparities, you know, higher rates of anxiety in terms of like depression, other mood disorders compared to the heterosexual or like lesbian and gay counterparts. They might have a higher rate of like STI diagnoses, heart disease, cancer risk factors, tobacco use and stuff. So – like, why Why do you personally think that this is? Is it because bisexuals are misunderstood? Yeah, I think that it's just, like, you know, not getting the support that they need and, like, just being very isolated. Like, they'll turn to things like tobacco use and, like, you know, other things like that. And, you, you know, thing, I don't know. It's just – it's hard because if you're not supporting these people, then obviously then these stats are going to appear. Like, if they're not getting the support they need, like, as a whole, then, yeah, you know, this is kind of bound to happen. And until, like, society changes as a whole, that might not change. (coughs) Excuse me. Bless you. (laughs) I feel feel you're holding that sneeze in for, like, a little bit. Yeah, like, I started feeling it, like, as I was like, like, sneeze. So we're good. We're all good now. Like, please, no. (laughs) We're okay. We're okay. I mean, like, going back to, like, what you were saying, um, what would you like to see done? Because there is a lack of resources and support networks for bi people that identify as bi. So, what would you like to see personally? Um, I'd definitely like to see more like uh, support, like online for it. I uh, obviously I can't like do that overnight, and I can't do it by myself. But you know, yeah. I, on TikTok, I just you know I wish there was a way to prevent misinformation being spread like that, and like all this hate that comes out out of nowhere. Um, yeah, you know, I think that bisexuality erasure is just like it is obviously a huge problem and you know there's really not a whole lot that one person can do all i can do mm-hmm. is hope for the best and just keep doing what i'm doing and trying to support people who are bi's who come to me um in sex work and just be like you're not alone it's okay uh if you've seen like bisexual videos and you realize that's how you're bi then it's like it can kind of feel a little scary maybe so it's just you have to keep an open mm-hmm. space for people who want that Absolutely. I think that's so important. Like if you were – if you – if someone was asked you for advice in terms of like coming out or like creating safe spaces, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, For coming out, you just have to find somebody like that you are very comfortable talking – just even if it's just one person who you're comfortable with and, you know, get it mm-hmm. out there and, you know, be able to say the words out loud. That's like one of the biggest hardest steps to do. Um, yeah, but to create a safe space, obviously, sex work is actually probably one of the safest places that you could say that because everybody in porn is like a little bi. At least my experience <laughs> yeah. with people that I met, everybody's a little gay. Um, so that's <laughs> definitely one of the safest places you could go if you are, you know, experiencing these feelings and want to, you know, to feel reaffirmed in what you're doing and what you're feeling. Hmm. 
Yeah, sex worker, the sex worker community is pretty amazing and probably the best community I've ever been a part of, ever. I'm just continually learning and just being surprised by the moves that people do and the generosity that I've witnessed within this industry. And it's just amazing to be a part of. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, everybody's really nice and I I love it. And I was like, well – you know, sometimes when if I'm sad that I'm not getting the bookings I want, you know, everybody here is just really supportive and just so great. And there's really nothing you can be super upset about uh, unless there's like the rare like hater that comes in on Twitter and it just in- invades the space. But you can always remove them and block them. So yeah. I was just going to say block until yeah, literally, <laughs> that's all you have to do and they go away forever. <laughs> exactly. Um, there are a few questions that came in from the audience that I feel like we can probably move over to that section, okay. if that's okay. Yeah. Um, the first one is, what do you like to do in your downtime? Um, that's a good question. Usually, I like to read those books I mentioned, and I do yes. paint. I've been working with yes. paints lately, so my room just kind of smells like a like a like a paint shop right now. But in a good way. Um, I what I love hanging out with my dog, and I like to take her um, to the dog park all the time, get her socialized, things like that. Yeah. Um, and I like yeah. to my sister. I love her. I love talking to my sister. Yeah, it sounds like you have a really, really great relationship with your sister, which is so nice to yeah, hear. It is. It's great. I love it. That's awesome. And I know you you wanted to speak about your dog too. And since you've already mentioned her, um, tell us about your dog. Um, she <laughs> is a pit bull German shepherd so, and something else mixed. We don't know what else, what the third thing is. She's something else. Um, her name is Fuji <laughs> and she is two years old and mm-hmm. she is my baby and I love her to death. <laughs> oh my God. Have you had her for a long time? Uh, I've had her for about a year and a half now, like right after I moved into my first apartment, which is the one I'm sitting in right now. Um, I yep. wanted a dog and I was like, well, uh, I, we went, me and my roommate went to a bunch of animal shelters and none seemed like a very good fit. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to Craigslist actually and I found oh, did you? there and someone was like, we just need to get, give her away cause we're moving. And I was like, I'll meet her. And then I found love. So now she's my baby and I oh. love her to death and she is so spoiled, but I still love her. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us have fur babies. I um I don't have one yet, but it's on my list. I just want to make sure that I have like the time yeah, commitment and the right. commitment to like yeah, and just be responsible that way first before yeah. I dive yeah. in. But yeah, like that's so cute. That's amazing. Yeah, away <laughs> shooting, I'm, I always talk to my roommate. I'm like, send me pictures of her while I'm filming so I can see her because I miss her to death. Even if it's just for a few days, I always miss her. And yeah, you know, I've been home for like two weeks right now and so she's very much enjoying that me being here that's good it's a, a mutual feeling I'm yeah, sure I, hope so. I would hope so <laughs> um this one pertains to the porn industry so um as a newcomer to the industry what are your thoughts on fellow performers losing means to receive income thanks to pressure on banks from anti-porn groups oh that's a good question because i yeah there are a lot of uh banks who don't like who like really hate only fans and you can't like make any money off of it um you know personally i am obviously very much against that like i think that's disgusting and the fact that you know banks are controlling this legal safe practice that you know a lot of people genuinely enjoy doing and it's not just even Mm -hmm. for the money it's just it just happens to be their source of income you know it's just terrible and i hate seeing it and luckily, I haven't really yeah. encountered that yet, but I've definitely heard stories about it. 
and it's just horrible. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Like, and we have had a few different episodes on that, which you can listen to mm-hmm. mostly in season three, but uh, especially the episode with Adri Rose, where we talk about um, banks in particular. I've also talked on the OnlyFans bonus episode that I did as well. So lots and lots of information there if you wanted to hear more about the topic. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty disheartening. Yeah, and it's like, pretty yeah, it's like, it's just another way that sex workers are stigmatized, you know, like. Like those yes. comments I got on my TikTok, it's just like that's kind. Of, maybe banks have that opinion. I don't know, but it's disgusting, and I think they should keep their beliefs out of you know money. You know, it's just one hundred percent because people's livelihoods and like why can't we just be treated like everyone else? Yeah, like you don't see that happening for like other jobs. Like it's just ours, and it's no. just weird and gross. And it's just like if it was prostitution, that's one thing. But it's if it's OnlyFans, then like why are banks putting holds on my money? And you know why are these mm. anti-porn groups coming in? when I'm just trying yeah. to, you know, live my life and not hurt anybody. Live my life. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's pretty frustrating. Okay. And I'm sure we're not going to hear the end of that because that just seems to be an ongoing issue that just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. Unless there's like a and, rapid, like huge monumental change. I have no idea what's going to happen. And it's, you know, it's kind of scary, but yeah. all we can do is just keep trying and, you know, keep, you know, reassuring everybody that we are still people and it's how we make our money. And, we are still yeah. good people and, you know, we still deserve to have an income no matter how we choose to do exactly. it. Exactly. 100%. 100%. Um, this one came from Instagram. So are sex worker and student different roles? How do you – how do these impact your identity? Um, To me, they're def- definitely more of a different role because uh, whenever I am doing, like, my schoolwork, um, doing sex is, like, kind of on the – like, doing sex work is kind of at the back of my mind. Because I'm trying to focus mm-hmm. on to get my degree, but at the same time, uh, you know, they can kind of coincide because I am in school while doing sex work, and I. But I don't let these things like define me. They're just part of who I am, mm-hmm. and I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing is separating, is like, is to not let those two things like define me at all. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to let it define you. It's it's really up to you how you want to be. Yeah. Um, perceived and some people do let it like um i would say like let them affect you but it becomes like intertwined with their identity Mm -hmm. their persona Mm -hmm. and stuff like that like i'm definitely one of those people that is just jumbled up with all of my work and everywhere online basically yeah no and i think that's great i i think that everybody's different and you should definitely have like Mm -hmm. you know these views of yourself personally i just view myself as you know i don't even view myself as a sex worker half the time Maybe it's because I'm still yeah. so new to it and I'm just like, I haven't really gotten in the meat of it yet and I'm still doing other things. Um, but I think that I am just a lot more than only like those two. Like, I'm, even if it's just like, oh, a student, yeah. I'm not that, I'm just, I'm not just that either. Like, I'm other things. Yeah, I hear you. Like, you don't want to be labeled no. is what I'm hearing. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the same way too because they hear, oh my God, sex worker. And that's the only thing that they hear. Yeah. Like, and half I'm like, time, no. like does, that mean, does that mean you're a prostitute? Like, no. Sex work is not does not even like cover that at all. So I don't know. Yeah, totally. Um, last question here is how does your content differ? Um, what is its focus and how is it different from any and all other choices in porn? Um, for me, I really like to have like the sweet, shy like approach to all my content. Um, if we're talking about OnlyFans, then I mostly just do solo stuff on there. 
partially because mm-hmm. I need a filming buddy and I haven't found anybody yet near <laughs> me who wants to do that. So I'm just kind of like, well, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and hope at some point that, that changes. Um, yeah. And I also really like to post a bunch of like my modeling stuff because I'm not just a, like a porn star. I also like just doing traditional modeling. And, you know, mm-hmm. that doesn't pay very often, but when it does, you know, always, always a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <if> <laughs> about porn, then I definitely like to add like a, like a sweet, shy type in there. Partially because uh, that's just how I am as a person, but also yeah. just because you know I I want I want to you know stand out a little bit more. And I think a lot of girls in porn are very bold and confident, which is amazing. But I am just not mm-hmm. quite at that point yet. So that's just kind of how my yeah. content is right now. But that's yeah, subject to change. That might not stay the same. Of forever. course. Yeah, exactly. Like you're constantly growing. You're brand new to adult, so this is all new stuff. And you, as an artist can change as well and you could have your own evolution in terms of how you're growing within the industry so that's I think that's great that you're just not willing to stay stagnant yeah no I'm just like just like my paintings have grown over the years like my first my very first acrylic paintings that are hanging up in my apartment kind of look like trash compared to like my new ones that I've been working on so it's like you know you can you could physically see the change in that and you can see that in my sex work as well like it's not just a linear thing yeah and I'm really getting that vibe from you too. Like you're just not a person that is linear or stays stagnant. Mm-hmm. Like you're all, all, like always constantly progressing is what I'm hearing from this whole entire interview, which has been a complete pleasure. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, that's definitely a, a way that I, that's definitely how I would put it. Yeah, it, it definitely shows. And I, I think it's pretty apparent in this interview. So, so thank you, Amber. But before I let you go, where can the audience find you? Um, if you're looking to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's just Amber Star XXX. Um, my OnlyFans is Pastel Artist, which honestly I do kind of need to change because that's like from before I even started doing porn. Like that's not how I go anymore. Um, uh, <laughs> and I think those are really the only places that you can find me right now. I might start a TikTok again. I don't know if that's something people would like be interested in actually following and bothering to watch. Then I might do it. Um, but I reply if you're looking to actually talk to me the most on OnlyFans. So there we go. There we go. So feel free to reach out to Amber. Let her know if you want her to start a TikTok again. Yeah, I'm just like maybe wants- I don't want any more. Like if, there, if there's going to be hate comments, I want like support too. So, so yeah, that, totally. Yeah. No one wants that. Yeah. <laughs> Those are unwelcome. Yeah. <laughs> But thank you so, so much, Amber. This is so, so nice. And it's going to be new. You're so welcome. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> Despite some technical difficulties that no one listening will know. But yeah, there have been some crazy technical difficulties. <laughs> we worked through it. And everyone else that's listening at home, it is new episodes every single Sunday. Um, where is it? On every, pretty much any single podcast platform basically i forgot to shout out my patreon subscribers two that are on the top tier there's three tiers but for the top tier you get a fan recognition shout out on the show so uh jay sunsern we have stefan checks uh justin erickson and Arup sarkar thank you so much for subscribing at that top tier level and 
It's brand new episodes every single Sunday. Don't forget to like, rate, share, review on Apple and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and rate five stars if you can, if you like the content. And yeah, it's patreon.com slash strip by Sia if you want to monetarily support the show, which I always, always, always um, love and appreciate. And get at me on Twitter and Instagram. It's strip by Sia. And that is it for this week. Thank you so much, Amber, for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, Thank you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia. Hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia. Music by Ted D. Graphic design by Maria Bellandarama. And photography by Ian Dabrin.